ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 133 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, or the DAP Network, if you will, and we do. Hopefully, you're joining us live here on YouTube. If not, you're listening on your iPod, your iPod Touch, your Shuffle, your Nano, whatever you're using back from 1998. Uh, if not, you're listening on your normal cell phone device on Apple or iTunes or whatever they got these days. But thank you for tuning in. This week, we've got a fun show. We're talking about the AFC North. And with me in the, in the, the co-host seat tonight, we've got the one and only Scott Sidlow. How are you doing tonight, Scott? I'm just here for the guest. Amen to that. That's the best way to put it. Well, so again, timing-wise, this works out perfect because last week it was Scott and Andrew with an Andrew. This week it's Andrew and Scott with a Scott. We got Scott Connor, the one and only Charles Chill FFB on Twitter. How you doing tonight, Scott? I am good. I am good. It's uh, nice to be on with both of you. That's right. Uh, I was on with Scott I believe it was last year. I can't, everything blends yep. together. It could have been two oh years God. ago, but yeah, it was, it was a while back <laughs> and uh, glad to be on with Andrew. Uh, we definitely chopped it up before the show started on some Bengals talk, which we'll uh, continue here, but uh, yeah, glad to be here. It's uh, the funnest time in dynasty and the most boring time in dynasty. Like you have a lot that you're, you're projecting could happen and that you want to happen and we hope happens in the next two weeks but at the same time that when you're doing a ton of content sometimes you're going well, what do we actually talk about yes but otherwise we just like are theorizing about everything and then until it oh. actually happens there's not really any news sidlo has talked about this before That's on the show there are a lot of a lot of people out there listening to podcasts just speculation city just nothing but obviously this is who they're going to draft it we don't feel like that's a lot of actionable info. We, we don't mind speculation, but we don't want to do that here. We'd rather look at the past, try to see what data we can extrapolate, see what players are going to be worth buying, what changes are actually happening already in coaching and all this that we think can matter and help your dynasty team get better. I think that there are some uh, easy, I think you put it really well, actually, Scott, this is a boring time, but you can also make a ton of moves to help your team win next season right? This is the time of year where you can grind it out, start making some small changes, some small marginal things to make your team substantially better in six months. And that's what we're here to help you out with. Scott, before we get too far into this, I want to make sure people know where, where can they find you? I know you've got a lot of things that you're doing, but obviously you're, you're pretty intelligent when it comes to fantasy and everybody wants your opinion. So you're obviously doing a lot of stuff. Where, where can people find you if they want to hear more of this? Yeah, I appreciate it. So at Charles Chill FFB is the Twitter. There's pretty much everything linked there. So if I don't hit it all, check that out. Check out the profile, whatnot. Uh, I do two shows a week on Destination Devi, a show called America's Game, and then another show, uh, which is their flagship dynasty show called uh, Destination Dynasty. 
Uh, I also host or co-host on Dynasty Trades in 5, strictly YouTube. We stream every Tuesday nights. Uh, it's starting to get longer and longer and longer to the point where we're our viewership and the number of questions we get, like we can legitimately go eight hours a week. Uh, so not not quite there, but that's a really fun time. It's it's just chopping it up. It's just trades and strategy, and it's just two hours of straight Dynasty content Tuesday nights on YouTube. Still write occasionally for DLF, do a weekly series on there, and uh, that's pretty much it. Everything else I do is over on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Dynasty and Show. So that's it. It's, it's more, it seems like more work than it actually is because I've done a lot of guest spots over the last couple weeks, but, you know, it's a, it's a good routine. So appreciate you guys having me on. I just love that that's it. Like, yeah, that, that was about five solid minutes of stuff you're doing. You're like, that's it. And Sidlow and I are just here every week. No big deal. Uh, but no, great to have you on. Obviously, when uh, we talked about this before the show started, too, we're talking the AFC North tonight. And my first thought for AFC North, I'm like, obviously, I'm going to be on. This has got to be the show that I do. My Bengals are on this. And I'm like, Scott Connor is also a Bengals fan, also knows a ton about fantasy, a ton about dynasty, a ton about the AFC North. So I'm excited to chop it up with you tonight. Obviously, we got a lot to get into. So we're going to dive right into the main topic, obviously, tonight, AFC North. Um, where else to start but with our Bengals, right? With my Bengals. And everybody who's watching live on YouTube can see I'm an unabashed Bengals fan. I'm not hiding anything. It's very clear that I'm a Bengals fan. I'm wearing the hoodie and everything. Let's go. So the Bengals have some very interesting fantasy-relevant players. And I want to make sure that we get into these. But I did this kind of like what Scott did last week. I thought that was very clever, actually. Ranking them by cap hit. So top fantasy players on the Bengals, you got Joe Mixon, the biggest cap hit and potential, I don't know, casualty. Uh, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. Free agents they've got are Hayden Hurst and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, Sidla, I'll kick it to you first. Obviously, we're talking buys, sells, and holds and all that kind of stuff. But I guess, is there, a, is there a buy on the Bengals that you feel like is a value? I mean, like buy is a tricky one for this team, isn't it? Yeah, it is for me i mean when you have the elite guys uh i mean when you have a great offense you want a piece of it right so i mean i think the inclination to buy somebody is there um but with burrow chase higgins current values i mean i don't know um you know who you could really buy at this point um maybe pricey you know tyler boyd's wide receiver 50 so you know maybe but i mean tyler boyd's probably a guy like you know like Scott would talk about a non-threshold receiver for me. So like, I don't know how many rosters I necessarily want him on unless we feel like Higgins is definitely going to get moved. Like maybe it's kind of a throw in to get a trade done and Hey, we'll see what happens if, if something happens there. Um, so I guess my answer is going to be um, I would maybe invest in the tight end position and we didn't probably don't even know who that is yet. Maybe they draft somebody, maybe they resign Hurst, maybe they sign somebody else. Um but that, that might be the route that I go. So it's not going to be actual advice for today, um, but it's something I'll be keeping an eye on as the cheapest way to get into that offense would be through most likely through the tight end position, unless they do something, you know, draft like one of the top guys and, you know, somebody goes nuts at the combine and then they draft them and then all that, you know, his price might get up there too much. But even then, if you're spending a mid or a late first, that's still cheaper than you're getting just about any other player on this offense that's going to make a difference for you. I completely agree. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, my answer was going to be tight end X, whoever it is. I think Hurst is going to be, I think they resign Hurst because I think that he's cheap enough and, and worth it to them. I think it'll be a one-year deal. I don't, they're going to give any long-term deals to tight end. I think that the, there is a chance that they draft someone and obviously there's Michael Mayer and there's 
Uh, Dalton Kincaid, I think, is another one I've seen kind of floated around. There's also some free agents, right? you got Kasicki who's out there, which I think would be an interesting fit on this team. But whoever it is, is actually the player that I would want to buy just because tight end is such a landscape that's brutal and they're probably the cheapest option. But uh, Mr. Scott Connor, I'll, I'll call you Scott and I'll call him Sidlow, just to be clear. Uh, Scott, is that kind of the answer you have here or do you have another option for buying on the Bengals? I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't really think there are any quote unquote buys on the Bengals yeah. because the, the two guys I would want to buy would probably be Burrow and Chase, but they're extremely difficult to buy. Uh, to the point where I'd probably buy Chase over Burrow, only because I think there's some other quarterbacks that you probably can get a little cheaper than Burrow that I think are just as good. You know, I don't really think he's that bet much better for fantasy than Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. I think they're almost kind of in the same like tier one B, you know, behind Mahomes and Allen and Hertz. But I don't really care which one I have. And most people probably prefer Burrow because it's like, well, he just had the best season that any of the three have had. So I want him. So I don't really think there's a buy. I, I'll just say this. I do wonder if they re-sign Hayden Hurst. I agree. It's not going to be a, a long-term deal. Seems like he likes it there, but I also look at the tight end market and I go, they signed Hayden Hurst last year and got what they got out of him for one year, $3 million. Mm -hmm. And that's just another one of those signings where it's like, dude, they got Hayden Hurst for 3 million. Meanwhile, these other teams, you know, Mike Gusecki, they're tagging him and he's making 11 million. Dalton Schultz, they tagged him. He's making 11 million, you know, like that. It was a good deal. If I'm Hayden Hurst, I'm going, dude, Dawson Knox just got 10 million a year. <laughs> Why am I taking a one year, $3 million deal? You know, like I think he may go bag shopping just like CJ Uzama did. I mean, look what CJ oh, Uzama yeah. and Tyler Conklin got from the same team. So if I'm Hayden Hurst, I'm, I probably want to be back with the Bengals. It seems like, I mean, you know, Andrew, just from seeing him, like it seemed like he was real happy. He loved the Bengals. He loves Burrow, but He's 29. He plays a brutal position. I don't know if he's coming back on a one-year, $5 million deal. You know, I think he hits free agency, and if that's where it ends up shaking out, it, it goes that way. Uh, but also means I think the Bengals look at tight ends outside of Hayden Hurst. You know, they could look at – I've seen people talk about Foster Moreau coming there because he was Burroughs' tight end mm. in, at LSU in 2018. He might be like the next Hayden Hurst where they can get the same thing from him for a similar price, and I do think they draft one. So I don't really think there's a buy. Like, I don't really want to buy Tyler Boyd until I know what the receiver room is going to look like. If, if they traded Higgins for a top 15 pick and drafted a different receiver, then I think for the first year you could expect Boyd to come back to what his production was a couple years ago. But if well, they just Sidlo stick with the this, I want to make sure we give you a chance to flesh this out too. Is Boyd one of those receivers you want on your dynasty team in general, even last year? I mean, like you, you've got this whole kind of, you know, game plan about receivers and he's not a threshold receiver. He's not someone you generally feel okay starting. I don't mind starting him. And I started him in a couple leagues this year, but it wasn't like a, I didn't have a great feeling about it. Right. So that's not someone I want to buy. Right. I mean, it's just kind of the logic. I think it just depends on the price. I would say he's at the bottom of, course, of the yep. threshold receivers. He is the Bengals led the league in neutral pass rate. They passed 68% of the time, either on early downs or when the game was not, you know, a blowout either way. So they want to throw their, their game is just throw as much as they can and get away with it. As long as they protect Burrow, like their goal is to throw it as much as possible. Yep. And you always want the number three weapon on a team like that, right? It doesn't matter how, who it is. It can be whatever number three receiver. If you're taking the third receiver on one of those teams, you want them, but I don't want to buy it. It's, it's kind of like, I'll, I'll take him as a throw in. If I can pivot off of another overrated receiver, there I'll do go. that and get a piece with Boyd. 
but that's how I want to buy him. It's not like, oh, hey, let me go trade a couple picks to get him. You know, like I, that's not how I want to get him. It's got to be a real like I'll, I'll roster him as my last threshold receiver. Well, and I think, too, it's something like maybe like Deontay Johnson for Boyd in a second, something like that. You know what I mean? Like where you can kind of, you know, I'm not saying that's an exact move, but that kind of move where you can kind of pivot down, add a little bit of flexibility, get a younger draft pick, something like that. You know, you might be able to make a move there to pivot into the cells. Uh, Sid, I'll kick it to you first again. I mean, is there anyone on this team that you're kind of seeing at the cap of their value and is kind of now is the time to move or is it all still the same logic where we're just holding everybody? Yeah, I mean, Chase is just still so young, so it's it might be easy to say, well, he's wide receiver two or, you know, maybe one for some people. So just sell at that point. But he's so young. He's tied to Burrow. He's in that offense. Like, I'm probably not selling any of my shares. Um, it'd have to be the perfect scenario, whereas maybe it's like a tear down situation or maybe I trade him for a quarterback in, in a league where I really need one. You know, I, I might consider that, but I'm not going to consider him as a sell just because in the right, right scenario I might move him right um so I actually had a harder time with the sell than than a buy for the Bengals um but I I think what you said earlier um Scott about Burrow being kind of in that same tier that's where I might say he might be that hold lean sell where you can kind of tier let's if you can tear down or, you know, even just trade down and go to like Herbert plus, um, and if you can get another piece, another starter, um, move up in the draft, something like that. I mean, I am perfectly fine with that. Again, it doesn't make that player a sell. Um, it's just more like, I, I guess I'd be willing to do it. It's not like they're untouchable. Um, their value is really not going to get any higher. So I guess from that standpoint, like you could take advantage. Um, you know, but there's not really a clear sell for me. Yeah, I understand that. Scott, you on the same page with Burrow, or do you have someone else you'd rather sell on this team? I mean, if there's no buys, there really isn't any sells because I, I agree with Scott's point that the only way, and this applies to all those top nine quarterbacks, the only way I sell them is if I'm working one of them in a deal where I'm getting one of the others. Like, I'll, I'll sell Burrow, but I need to get one of the other top eight quarterbacks in the deal. So either I'm adding to Burrow to get somebody or I'm taking something on top of the quarterback I'm getting and selling Burrow that way. So it isn't like, hey, let me just sell Burrow because he's not any good. You know, it's more of right. Herbert, Burrow, and Lawrence for me are, are going to be top eight quarterbacks. Now, they may be QB eight or they could be QB three in a given year, but I'm not interested in selling any of the three because I'm pretty sure all of them are really good. So it's like, I'm just going to, if I have them, I'll pivot year to year based on what the market says. So yeah, if I can get Trevor Lawrence in two seconds for Burrow, I'd consider doing it. But, the, but that's pretty much the only sell. And a lot of times the team that wants the Burrow team is the one where you look at their QB room and it's like, you know, Ryan Tannehill and Jared Goff, you know, right. and what, yeah. what can I add to Goff to get Burrow? It's like, well, Burrow, you'd I, have to add a whole Burrow. I think. <laughs> well, well, the, the answer to that is when you try to throw Goff in the deal, he doesn't really count, you know, you're, no. You got to give me all the other stuff and you just give me golf as a placeholder. So I, I, I guess you could, I saw a trade go down. We just reviewed a roster. They traded Jamar chase. They got back AJ Brown, a 24 first and the one Oh six. Ooh. And they gave up the two Oh three with chase. So they basically okay. traded up, you know, nine spots in the first round and added, a added on, first added on a 24 yeah. first. And they basically are just betting that, Hey, AJ Brown is three points per game less for his career than chase. If that stays where it is, I have two new firsts that I can now play with. Yeah. Like, so that's the kind of deal. I think if 
we always say on trades in five, if you can sell any receiver, even if it's Jefferson or Chase, and you're getting back three legitimate firsts, you got to at least listen. Your roster yep. might not be in the spot. It might be a, a start nine. You're not as interested in doing that, but a start right. 11 or 12, you're going, damn, give me the three firsts. So yep. it's just contextual. You would sell Burrow and Chase, but it's just because they're, they're the assets where you put them on the block, everyone wants them. It's just what yep. are you going to get for them? Well, ultimately what it is is there is no screaming sell. There is no someone – there's no one on this team that I think is like get them off your roster. And that's what generally I think of when I think of sell is like this is it. It's not going to get any better. I mean Burrow is QB3 and DLF ADP for January, and I, February is not out yet, but QB3 is pretty good. That can still go up. So, like, you know, maybe there is a chance that something happens. And I mean, you're not selling at the peak peak. Maybe you are. You could say that Allen and Mahomes, who are one and two, are a tier. And then you've got Burrow at the start of the second tier. And then your logic, like you said, of tiering all the way to the end of that tier is like a Lawrence, you know, field, something like that. And then adding extra picks if you're rebuilding or you have other holes to fill. I think that's the only real move you can make. I don't think that means you sell Burrow. It just means shop Burrow. Let's see what kind of price is out there. If somebody thinks he's in that top tier or he's the QB1, and is willing to give you Allen for Burrow and a third, I'm taking that. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's do it. But I'm not out there actively trying to get rid of him. Um, I think that kind of answers the next question then. Is everyone just a hold? I mean, I'll, I'll kick it to you first here, uh, Scott Connor. Uh, is everyone just a hold on this team just because of the way that there isn't a sell or a buy? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you have Joe Mixon or Tyler Boyd on your roster, you actually hold them simply because they could be on the Bengals. You know, Boyd's going right. to be on the Bengals next year. They're very loyal. They're not going to just cut him because, you know, he makes too much money. They could cut Mixon. But yep. I think the point is you don't want to get rid of Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, or Joe Mixon because they could be on the Bengals, and it's a good team. Right. But at the same time, you probably can't sell them for what they could be worth on your team. So it's, you know, go try to sell Joe Mixon. It's like, oh, man, he's... Oof. He's going to be in jail. He's not even going to be on another team. He's going to be oh, in jail. Geez. You know, that's the, that's the, that's the, the buy narrative from another team, right? Like right. he's worthless now. Okay. Maybe he'll plot his way to another, you know, RB 10, RB 15 finish. It's possible. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there really is anything, but just holds the rest of the way. I think Higgins is a hold. Higgins is a great hold. Yeah. He, Cause honestly, like that team could resign him. They could franchise tag him or something next year. Right. There's a little bit of question marks. Like, what are we doing? Not, they're not going to do it this year. Of course he's under contract, but there's some question marks long-term with him. And in dynasty, you're always looking for the future. Well, and I'm curious cause Scott Sidlow is a bears fan, right? Yeah. And the bears have been one of the teams that have talked about, I don't know if the bears have the draft capital that fits trading for Higgins. Right. Like they, they're not giving up the 101, but they don't have another pick necessarily to just say, hey, we have the perfect. Well, they pick. did. Well, they, they did. They traded it for Chase. Yeah. Chase Claypool. Like, but from a dynasty perspective, does Higgins actually produce better if he goes to the Bears? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't that, think that's so. the thing is like, yes, but that's a good question. The yeah. team that trades for him, people are going to go, oh, he's going to be the wide receiver one. But then it's like, Oh, he's a wide receiver one on the Titans or the Bears or right. the Ravens. And then you're like, well, I don't really like the wide receiver one on that team because it's no, not, not so, yeah, right. so I, it feels like Higgins is just destined to be like wide receiver 10 to 20 his whole career. That's where he's yep. going to be. So if you can sell him and you can get back, I don't know, DJ Moore in two seconds or something like that. The, the point is he, he could pivot off of Higgins, but really that just makes him a hold. He's just a play the market guy. So, yeah. Yep. No, I completely agree. Sid, are you on that same page or is there anyone on this team that you're holding in for a specific reason other than what we already said? 
No, I mean, not really. Higgins is, you know, not even 24 yet. So even like you could say, oh, I'll buy back some years, go to like Wilson or Alave or something. I, I really, you're going to get like a year. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's at wide receiver nine. So I'll just, I'll just stick with him there. Something I did want to mention before we move off the Bengals. And, and this is again, just because it's, it's ADP, it's one data point. It is by no means a Bible or truth or fact or anything. It's just something to think about. Uh, Mixon was RB8 in January, DLF, ADP, and Superflex. Uh, right ahead of him was Travis Kelsey. Right behind him was Devontae Adams. I think that's an interesting group in Dynasty, but I would definitely rather have Kelsey over Mixon. I would probably even rather have Devontae Adams over Mixon at this point, just because I'm not sure if Mixon has much left in the tank. And Sidlow, how many times do we say it? Sell running backs in the offseason, right? This is the time to move Mixon if you've got him. I'm not considering him a sell because I don't think you're going to get, yeah, get, he's not anything. peak value, right? That's the catch is that I don't think this is the time to move Mixon unless you're getting a guy like a Kelsey or a Swift or a Metcalf, any of those guys I'd be fine with, but no one's offering that. No one's paying that. So that's why he's a hold. And that's kind of why, again, he was my clear cut hold because it's just, no one's buying Mixon right now. Now, August, that might be different, which is why he's a hold now in February. Now this podcast and this discussion is about right now. They're a hold right now. That could definitely change. If he gets cut, he's no longer a hold. We don't know what team he's on. He might be a hold in that regard because you don't sell at the bottom, but he could be a buy if he gets cut. Right now, we don't know where he's going. Maybe there's some upsides. Again, the logic being wait until something happens. Hold until something happens. That's pretty much the the thought process for these guys on the fringe, on the bubble. And then for the other guys on the Bengals, they're at the top. I don't know if you're really selling them yet. Uh, You could get a haul. And again, if you can get like three or four firsts for Chase or something, and your team needs a lot of it has a lot of holes to fix, I don't blame you, right? But I doesn't that doesn't mean go do it right away. I'm not selling Chase just to sell Chase. That's what we say a lot on the show. So anything else on the Bengals you guys want to cover before we move on to the next team on our list? No, I think this year's class there there's going to be a couple Bengals from this class. I don't know who they are. I don't know what positions, but there's yep. going to be a couple guys. A running back, a tight end. Running back for sure. Yeah, Probably I think both. they're going to get a third-round running back that's going to be something that is is going to make a flash because P. Ryan being a free agent, I think, is something we didn't really hit on too much. But I don't know if they bring P. Ryan back. If, if they draft somebody – now, again, free agency is before the draft. I don't think they sign P. Ryan during the free agency period. I, I think they bring P Ryan back because I think P Ryan hits free agency and he's like, Hey, who's offering me the most money? And it's uh, nobody even offers him anything. So. Well, and that's what I mean. I think he's P. like, since he's here, free we, agency. Yeah. yeah. Will you give me 2 million on a one year deal. Okay. I'll go back there. Like that's how bad Fine. it's going to be for a lot of the running backs this year. So <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I think he just well, there's, back. there's also like eight or 10 of them in the draft that could come in and be role players to, you know, there's already like 20 free agents, you know, like it's a, crowded running back room right now which doesn't yep. help any running backs really because the workhorses are getting fewer and fewer uh but with that i think that covers the Bengals pretty well pretty easy in my mind really because there's so many good players and it's really i don't want to say obvious but it's pretty clear cut uh next up though the next team has got a lot more question marks and some fun stuff to discuss i guess we've got the ravens next uh again sorted by cap hit top fantasy players we've got mark andrews gus edwards devin duvernay rashad bateman and jk dobbins and then free agents, obviously the big one, Lamar Jackson. But I also put on here Kenyon Drake and Tyler Huntley, who are also free agents. I mean, again, that team likes to run the ball. Lamar Jackson, is he coming back? Like, those are the obvious questions, and we'll get into that here. But is there anyone, and I'll kick it to you first, Mr. Connor, is there anyone on the Ravens that you're actively trying to add to your roster? Is there a player here that you want on your team no matter what? Well, I mean, anyone that's listened to me talk startup strategies, like trying to get the elite quarterbacks is huge. 
So I think by default, you have to at least check on the depressed quarterbacks that are still, at least for me, mm-hmm. in the elite tier. Watson, Lamar, those are both in the AFC North, but I think both of those, you can see them drop a couple spots in a startup because people go, yeah, I just don't fully trust them. But, you know, the worst case scenario for Lamar is he gets franchise tag. The Ravens call his bluff. They don't trade him. It remains ugly all year. He gets to opening day, just like Jesse Bates did this year. Jesse Bates held out. He came back. He came back the day before week one started. So you could do that as a safety. A quarterback with a brand new offense that's the opposite of what you run your entire career, and you show up the week before the season starts, begrudgingly, right? Because you don't want to play in the franchise tag. And no. so you now, now you're like, you know what? I'm going to sabotage. I'm bringing the ship down to the bottom of the sea with me you know you're gonna screw me i'm taking the team down so is i don't that the want... best idea though like that just i mean i, it, I don't i mean again listen, i've heard it, that before but is that the answer all he has to do is to collect that 46.2 million is play 11 games and then in week 13 guess what that that knee flared up again and it just like this year you you guys don't think lamar dogged it the last two months of this season i know he got hurt initially yeah, I think that was a business decision to not show up. He didn't come to those last two Bengals games. He didn't even attend the game. Right. He didn't even that, fly. No. That says right there, I don't want to say he's not a team guy because they're kind of screwing him over at the same time, right. right? Like if you make a quarterback in today's game play on a franchise tag, it, it it's an issue. So I, I think he's got to play hardball. So, I mean, I think he's a buy for that reason. But, you know, if you hold him and then – he dogs it this year and only plays 11, 12 games and isn't fully invested in learning the new offense. I don't that's know. That's the it's risk big, you take. That's, that's why you're buying the cheap, right? Yeah. I don't think we can afford to lose another year of Lamar Jackson's prime either. I don't want to see it stuck on the Ravens in a oh, yeah. lame, lame duck situation. So I think he's a buy, but it, there is a little risk, which is why people probably have him down QB seven, eight, nine now instead of QB four, five, six. That's exactly right. Sidla, what about you? You on the same page with Lamar? Man, Baltimore hates Cleveland and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, well, a lot of us do, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that that was that resetting the market. Like, screw yeah. move there. I mean, that's that's rough. Yeah, I mean, this is I think the fifth or sixth division um, that I've done on this show, and this was the first one that I I couldn't even like write a name down for any buy seller hold. Like I just don't I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing in Baltimore. I mean, Todd Munkin, like he's been around the NFL before. He was in the NFL a long time before he went to Georgia. But if you look at like the Georgia offenses, like production wise, what they did was great. Like for college, they moved the ball. They scored points like all all good, like good, good for him and his success there. But like he had such like a pass heavy offense um, in the NFL before. And it's just it's it's a strange fit. Um the the personnel doesn't make any sense um like i i'm just not sure what they're doing right now so so there's gonna probably either be a lot of changes or a lot of weird stuff over the next year <laughs> well um, said that is analysis 101 it's i mean be a lot there's, of weird there's stuff. just no other way you. to do it honestly because I'm with you. you know even if lamar comes let's say they sign him and he comes in and all right he's here but like Again, we're going to go back to this conversation. Like, who's he throwing to? And, you know, how many running backs does he have that are healthy? And how many running backs are going to be utilized? Is it going to be like Georgia system where there's two, three running backs all the time? And then he's running the ball. So I, I don't I don't know who I want to invest in. I don't know. I mean, I don't like Dobbins to begin with. If I had Dobbins, I'd probably sell him 
if I could, if people are like excited based on what he did at the end of the season. Um, Bateman's RB third or wide receiver 36. Like that feels fine, I guess. I mean, I like Bateman, but I mean, I don't really care. There's, you know, 35 other receivers I could have. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know any direction to go on this team. I feel like Andrews might just be safe. So like if, mm. if there's a little bit of a dip based on, you well, know, the QB uncertainty, right? The they don't uncertainty. have a QB on the roster. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, some, I, I would maybe say some Andrews, Andrews would be the guy right? I'd be interested yeah. in most as a buy. That was going to be my angle too. And it's weird actually, uh, you know, I, everybody and their mother, I guess, has talked so much about the chiefs in the past couple of weeks. And we were talking about it before the show started, but it's weird. The Ravens roster feels a lot like the chiefs roster, just on the entire opposite end of output. You know, the chiefs don't have any receivers. Their running backs are kind of a hodgepodge group of guys and none of them really get anything solid. They got a stud tight end, a great quarterback who's pretty mobile and can put a team on his back. Ravens and chiefs, they both, you could, that describes both of them pretty well. Right. And the Chiefs go and win the Super Bowl, and the Ravens are unknown and a lot of weird stuff. I mean, it's just it's amazing how much different these teams are, yet they're still similar-ish, right? I think Andrews is the only player I really want on my team right now. And I'm not calling him a buy. I'm just saying he's the only one that I kind of I guess I'm even attracted to, right? It's like, oh man, uh Bateman at wide receiver 36 could be considered a buy because I feel like that's pretty low and he can really only go up from there, but I don't really want any wide receiver 36. Like it's like a Boyd question again. Like, ah, it doesn't really move the needle much for me. Um, I mean, again, we can kind of get through the sell and the hold even all pretty quickly. I think this team is again, maybe the antithesis of the Bengals, but there's really only one good player and the rest of them are question marks. Unlike the Bengals, where there's like five good players and they all have different upside question marks. What is this team? And I just think nobody knows. And you hit, you said it perfectly there. Mr. Sidlow It was like, what, what are we doing here? Like, what, what is the goal here? I mean, if this team doesn't have Lamar Jackson, do you want any Ravens? You know what I mean? Like, and, and Scott, I guess I'll kick it to you here. I mean, is there anyone on this team that you're, you're thinking you could sell for profit? I mean, is there, is, is Andrews maybe a sell because he's the only guy on this team? I mean, what do you think? So a couple of things on Dobbins. So Dobbins actually is like top 10 right now in the NFL in terms of points per opportunity. So I don't think his situation has been great, but I think he's actually a pretty good player. Now, that's the caveat of I really only want running backs that are elite pass catchers or they're on really efficient offenses. And I think both of those are question marks with him. So it's fair to say, okay, if I have Dobbins, he's more of a like a placeholder that I know is a good player, but I'm not sure what his fantasy upside is. Andrews, Andrews is an elite tight end. He's been an elite tight end since he came into the league. His efficiency's always been great. Really, when he's gone up and down, it's been tied to how good his quarterback is. So if he has a bad quarterback, then he's probably in trouble. This is a crazy thought, but I think the, the Ravens may be a lot like the Packers, where as soon as they finally get rid of their quarterback, that's when they draft like a first round receiver, right? That's when they load up with the weapons. So I wouldn't be shocked. This is just a little hot take, but don't be surprised if the Ravens trade Lamar. Let's say they trade him to Atlanta. They get the ninth pick, right? Whatever. Hmm. Don't be surprised if they draft Darnell Washington. They draft Kenny McIntosh. And the, the big closer is in round four, or round five. They draft Stetson Bennett. Oof. And he somehow ends up starting games and you go, how the <laughs> fuck is this working in the NFL? But you know what? If there's a team that could get it to work, yeah. it's the Ravens. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I truly think I fear the Ravens more as a Bengals fan. If they get a hall of picks in for Lamar and they don't pay him 50 million a year, they yeah. haven't been able to beat anybody with him on a rookie deal. What makes you think they're going to be able to pay him like Burrow Mahomes yeah. at, and still beat everybody? 
I fear them more if they figure everything else out and they have Stetson Bennett back there just literally not screwing it up. Well, Seriously, and, and I can envision something like that going, how the hell is Stetson Bennett beating Mahomes and Allen and Lawrence and Burrow? Because the Ravens are smart. They know how to build a team everywhere else. They've just screwed up at receiver and quarterback, which, you know, we think that's easy to build. Just keep keep shooting till you make it, you know, and they have it. So, Well, I, I'll say this. The thing that has always frightened me about the Ravens, and last year was a prime case of this, they draft amazingly well. Every time they get crazy values in the draft every year. So what you're what you're describing there would would not surprise me and and piss me off at the same time. Where it's like you got a son of like you just you know what no like like that's not how. They, but it seems like that's what always ends up happening. And yet their team is kind of like stuck in the mud, right? Like they just can't get it over. They can't get out of their own way in a in a sense. So. I agree with you. I think if Lamar gets, you know, tagged and traded, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I think there's a, there's a sign and trade potential too, where they sign him to whatever deal he wants, knowing full well, there's a buyer on the other line. Maybe that happens. And there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can get down to speculation Avenue, which we're not going to do, but I do think that there is a lot of value from a fantasy side from Lamar, whether he plays for the Ravens, whether he plays for the Ravens and dogs it, or he plays for another team. I think that there is still some value for him. If you can get the right uh, the, the the right trade partner who's scared, uh, and you were we were kind of you know mentioning something like golf before, right? Like if you could do like golf in a in a late first for Lamar, I'm fine with that. You know something where like if you're willing to take on that risk, and I think this is something I know you've talked about it before, Scott, on your other podcast. But like if you've got a roster that has a ton of risk, just lean into it. Take more risks. Get every risky player you can. If you've got a team that's commit, you know, contending this year and you know was really close and you're a couple pieces away, maybe that kind of risk isn't right for you. But if you're at the bottom or if you're at the hell, you're at the middle, like let's say you're at the seventh in the league, trade everyone for risky players because that way you're either first or last. And that's not the worst place to be in a year. And I think too, a lot of people are afraid to make those kind of moves. I'll be honest, those are the most fun leagues I've had where I've just made ballsy trades where I like traded for Zeke right before like when he was holding out. I traded for Zeke a couple years ago, right? That panned out perfectly. I traded for Roethlisberger his last season, actually ended up getting a pretty good year out of it and traded him away for a profit, you know? So, like, that's the kind of stuff when you're in the middle and you're not sure what to do. Lamar is a perfect choice for that, in my mind. Uh, the one thing we didn't really get into too much, and we kind of hit on, I guess, but but behind Bateman, is there any receiver that you even want on your team right now? I mean, Sid, I'll kick it to you first, but I don't think so, right? It's Bateman and Andrews, and that's it, right? You don't want DuVernay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not interested in anybody there. I don't I don't really worry about wide receivers like that anyway. So maybe right. maybe if they draft somebody and I like him and it's you know a fit, I don't know. Um I will say the Todd Monk in twenty eighteen was the Buccaneers OC. And that's when it was like Jameis was starting games and Ryan Fitzpatrick was starting. That was before Bruce Arians got there. They combined a throw for like 5,300 yards and 36 touchdowns. So they had a, you know, a passing offense, but they were also a bad team. They were throwing a lot. And then obviously everybody got fired and that's when Arians came in. Um, but I mean, that's Lamar is not going to do that. So I, I don't know. Like, I think Lamar is, is a better, you know, thrower than we give him credit for, but sure. I, he's not going to throw for 5,000 yards. Like, I just don't see him doing well, that. So there's no one to throw the, to. The <laughs> offense will be adjusted for <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, there's your answer. Right, and- take, take Stetson Bennett in the fourth. You sign Jameis Winston. 
Maybe you yeah. fire a trade out for Mike Evans, and you know what? You're going to get a pick for Lamar. It, it, Easily, the, yeah. The the irony will be they'll they'll end up with a stud receiver that they get with the pick they trade Lamar away with, and the you whole know, time he's going, yep. man, you already traded away Hollywood Brown. Like, get me some weapons. So, I can I can see it. I I think for them to win, they need to play the opposite of what the other teams in the AFC are doing. They can't just follow along. Right. Go, let's pay our quarterback and try to build a team around him. They need to zag. They need to take a shot on a a cheap veteran, and it's. It's not going to be a Jacoby Brissett. It's not going to be Tyler Huntley. It's a totally different offense. They're not bringing in. They're not bringing Tyler Huntley back. It's going to be a pocket Correct. passer. It's going to be somebody that can throw. So I think they'll actually be fun to watch. They just might not be any good. Well, they're they're going to be one of those teams that you know scores twenty one points and you know three touchdowns and for fantasy it's fine, but they're just kind of blah in a sense. You know what I mean? Like they're just like there's no one that you're really. I you know Stetson Bennett would be a terrific QB three. You know, like you're not excited to start him, but on buys or injuries, sure, I'll throw him in there. Maybe he gets two touchdowns, right? Because he's got Andrews. Maybe we get lucky. It's exactly what it is. So I think the Ravens, we're going to see a lot in in the next, I don't know, few weeks, uh, if not few months, I guess, because obviously the draft is still two months out. But we're going to see a lot in there. And I think, man, the Ravens could be a dominant team here in a little while. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, Next up, before we get too deep here. Steelers. Oh man, our favorite team, Scott, our, our favorite team in the whole world to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're top fantasy players again, ranked by cap hit. We got Deontay Johnson, Mitch Trubisky, who is still, you know, relatively well-paid uh, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, Pat Fryermuth, and George Pickens. And on their free agents list, the only one that really stood out to me, cause it's kind of a, I put LOL even on the sheet, Benny Snell, I mean, the, you, just UK grad. He was from my hometown. I really wanted Benny Snell to be something, and he was not. And I am surprised. I would be surprised if the Steelers re-sign him. But a uh, pretty fair amount of fantasy uh, relevant players here. Uh, Scott, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, Connor, which of these players would you consider a buy if there is any? Or are you kind of just you know waiting to see like we were talking about with the Ravens? So for the sake of time, I will make my Steelers takes pretty quick. Uh, I'm buying Deontay Johnson and I'm selling George Pickens because I want to buy the better receiver. Mm. Uh, the guy that's a proven target hog. I mean, you look at Pickens' numbers last year. The, the only thing I'll give him credit for is he was forced into a role right away. He played like 91% of the snaps. So like he was forced into a role right away. It's hard to ding him and go, well, he wasn't as good as every other receiver, right? Like, I don't know if you take a late second round pick and you expect him to start on the outside right away, usually against the other team's best corner all year but he wasn't good you know 15.8 percent target share like that's decent but to sit there and say you know you know what george pickens is he's mike williams he just needs justin herbert and that's not kenny pickett so if that if that's kind of what his ceiling is like i don't really want to toil with the you know if i'm either gabe davis or mike williams i don't really want to be playing in those waters unless i know they're tied to an awesome quarterback which isn't kenny pickett Deontay's the opposite, you know, like he's a proven target hog. He might be slowing down a little bit, but I think he's still a guy that can have a lot of targets and a lot of catches. So he's the, he's the buy. Um, and then, you know, I think the, no one talks about this, but don't be shocked if the Steelers just draft another receiver this year, they, they gotta always take that third in the pipeline because, you know, apparently they don't like Deontay Johnson and he doesn't like them anymore. So don't be shocked if it's like, Oh, beginning of round two, the pick they got with chase Claypool it's Zay flowers or it's, you know, whatever, like they're taking another receiver. And then if they take another receiver, my question to Scott Sidlow is, uh, 
can can Kenny Pickett support a top ten tight end and three top forty receivers in Dynasty? Is he that good? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing too um, hard, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, yeah. But um, well, first, I, first, I'll agree with you because that's exactly what I had. By Johnson, he's wide receiver thirty-two, and Pickens is mm-hmm. wide receiver twenty-four. Um, I mean, Johnson's 26, so it's not like he's young, but at the same time, um, uh, yeah, he's the better receiver. You said it. So, yep, that's that's my buy and sell there. Um, Pickett at this point, like Pickett for me is is my sell. So uh, he he's where I just I just moved two shares in the last 10 days, um, essentially with the same value that, you know, I had with him uh you know a year ago that's when i drafted him so i didn't i didn't lose anything um i think i gained a little bit in one because i i got essentially earlier value pick but uh ultimately so i think so far that's working out from the value insulation um but yeah pat fryermuth at tight end seven he was who i wanted to be my buy that's Mm. who i wanted to get more shares of uh and then when i saw he was tight end seven i was like wow i i mean that's that's pretty surprising (laughs) considering you know what he did and that offense and the quarterback um you know and mitchell trubisky by the way is gonna probably get cut he's eight million in cap savings so i I just don't see how they're keeping him anyway so i mean it's gonna be picket so you have like a year of him as the starter um and i mean i guess it just depends like if you watch some games at the end of the season and i like picket led his team to wins so i mean that doesn't do anything for us in fantasy but like if somebody uh you know was like hey maybe this guy's figuring it out and he didn't really get a full season and now he's gonna have an off season and yeah they're gonna draft another guy and you know uh and continuity of the offense right and like that was my whole argument for taking him last year in the rookie draft because like this is what was gonna happen either he's gonna come in and be really good and his value is gonna skyrocket or he's gonna just replace mitchell trubisky and look sufficient and then his value is you know where it is you're not really gonna lose um, so far, so good. But we could get four games in the season that could be very different. So that's why he's my sell now. Or um, like I did in one of my trades, I upgraded to a quarterback I like better, you know, packaging up. So yeah, um, that pretty much covers the Steelers there for me on all. Yeah, all yeah. And I, I don't know if we need to get too deep on them. It's, it's funny they do have a lot of uh, potential and a lot of fun players and all that for fantasy, but. There's not a whole lot of movement in my mind. I think you guys are hitting that really, really well. And I want to make sure that I give a different sort of different opinion. But I agree with selling Pickett. I think that would be my sell. I think Deontay's my buy, like you guys said. But it, just for the sake of you know discussion, earlier this offseason, about a month ago, I traded Kenny Pickett and the 305 for Daniel Jones and Brandon Cooks. And in my mind, Pickett and Jones are in that same tier. And I was like, you know, I don't mind trading the 305 for Brandon Cooks. I don't know where that offense is going to go. Felt kind of like a lateral trade, but I was like, eh, I like Daniel Jones's upside more. I think he's, you know, that offense is going to get better with Dable. And, you know, I trust him a little more. And then I went and traded Daniel Jones for the 113, 201, and the 24 second. It's a 14 team league, which essentially is three seconds, right? It's basically the 201, the 203, and the 24 second. And I'm looking at this like in a 14 teamer. I, you know, I, I'm fine to go without Daniel Jones. My team needs a lot of help. I'm not going to win this year. So I'd like, I made the lateral move from Pickett, and then I felt like I made a really good move to get some different options for me as a, as a team with a lot of holes. So I think that's the kind of move I would try to make is, you know, no trade is ever your last trade. As Russ says on trade addicts, it's like, 
If you make a bad trade, just make another one. If you make a good trade, just make another one, right? Just keep moving. Try to find some some edges there. And I think what I've learned in, in the past at least year, if not longer, there's always a Steelers fan in every league I'm in somehow. And they love giving me crap because they know I'm a Bengals fan. So I feel like they, they make themselves very obvious to me. Here's the Steelers fan. Great. That's who I'm trading Pickett to. Because most Pickett believers, in, in a, from what I've seen anyway, are also Steelers fans. And I'm not saying that they are always. I'm just saying most of them are. And so I feel like that's kind of maybe you can get a little bit of a bonus. That's who I traded Pickett to in this league where it was the Steelers fan. And I was like, hey, you wanted Pickett. Here you go. I'm, I'm willing to get out because I kind of I think he's got a short leash. I, I just don't know if he's the answer there like they wanted. You know, he puts the glove on to make his hands bigger. That's not a good sign for longevity in my book. So I don't know. Um, and then again, Jason Real mentioned this in the in the chat. I want to bring it up. Best team in the AFC North, he says. We're talking about the Steelers. And then he says, I think Pickett is one of those guys that gets better as he plays more. I mean, I hope so. He might, but maybe yeah. not for fantasy. Yeah. And and again, I think he might be one of those quarterbacks that just is a good NFL quarterback, kind of in, in a way like a Jared Goff, right? Like one of those guys that is good at managing the game, managing the players, managing the field. But for fantasy, I kind of want someone more. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Did anybody have anything else to bring up on this short Steelers discussion tonight? Or is there anything else we're missing? I guess, Scott, I'll kick it to you first. No, I mean, I think the thing with Pickett is he's 25. Uh, his It's hard to judge rookie quarterbacks, but, like, his EPA last year was pretty bad. Like, he was very inefficient. And I get it. He's a rookie. I don't know how much they plan to play him as a rookie. It sounded like right. they didn't plan to play him the whole year, and then that changes because, you know, week four, that. Trubisky. The whole thing with Trubisky and Deontay, whatever happened with that. But but he got in. So the point is he got a lot of experience. But I, I just don't think the efficiency will be there with Pickett. And the other problem is, and Steelers fans will tell you this, anybody in the chat that's a Steelers fan, I mean, they have Matt Canada for another year. Yeah. So even if he gets better, if the system changes and they go to a new offense, I mean, there's just a lot of things where I'm like, I don't really want to buy in because you're buying into a quarterback that's in that range of there's a bunch of them after like the top 10 or 12, all the quarterbacks are really just the same to me. And I'm just trying yep. to play the market. So I'd lean more on selling Pickett because people think he's still young. He can get a little bit better, but the reality is you can pick whoever quarterback 22 is and you're like i could see them being better than kenny pickett you know ryan Tannehill could be better than kenny pickett and you yeah. could easily make that swap and probably get a couple seconds at least and you're going okay I'm, I'm playing for two years both of them could be out of the league or both of them could be still starting in two years so i just well, like another one of that is like russell wilson right like to, to talk about that i mean like would you rather have russell wilson or kenny pickett scott what do you think i'd rather have russell wilson you said the same thing that's who i traded for when I said I traded up, yeah, I traded Pickett in a second and like a fourth or something for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I think there are people out there that might have that, the picks on the other side, too. I think there are people that are, you know, done with Russ Wilson and just went off their roster, even though he's getting a new coach and, and there's a whole bunch of upside there. There's still some question marks. I could see people making that same trade the other way. And that's kind of what I think you're saying, Scott, is that all of those quarterbacks in that range are just kind of like, I don't know, take one. Who cares, right? I mean, even if like Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, I would bet on him outproducing Pickett for two years and give me the this second or whatever I'm able to get on top of it. So it's yeah. not an anti-Pickett. It's just no. you have a quarterback just, with low ceiling that others value because he's still young, I mean, I'd rather have Mac Jones over Kenny Pickett. I think he's same. a better quarterback. Yep. But you can get Mac Jones for Pickett because, you know, Mac Jones is terrible. No, Matt Patricia was terrible. So, I mean, that, that's a swap I would make. So, we, I just well, don't have any Mac. 
Yeah. yeah, we talked to a Mac on the AFC East. That was a buy because he's QB 21. I mean, like at that price, my God, like I, I give me Mac Jones and a second over Pickett. You know what I mean? Like the, you're, you're not you're in the same spot, like quarterback wise. And again, Jason, obviously chiming in perfectly timed, not happy about Canada being back. And I don't know anybody that is. I mean, there, there are a lot of Steelers fans in my timeline that are just all year screaming to fire him. And they didn't. And it's like, well, all right, here we go. Let's see what happens. All right. So with that, we'll kind of put a bow on the Steelers talk unless somebody has something they want to chime in with. But we'll move on to the last team in our our AFC North breakdown. And the bottom of the AFC North, a team with some wild question marks, the Cleveland Browns. Fantasy players ranked by cap hit. Number one, QB Deshaun Watson, biggest cap hit by far. Uh, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, David Njoku, and Donovan Peoples-Jones I put on here. Some free agents of note, Kareem Hunt, Jacoby Brissett, and Dearness Johnson I put on here because he's one of those running backs that just shows up and gets value. I love those kind of running backs. And Scott, I know you're a big fan of that kind of build on your dynasty rosters too. I guess I'll kick it to you first here, Scott. Is there anyone on this team that you're buying that you're actively like, you know, excited to go acquire in your leagues? Excited? I don't know about excited. Um, yeah. I mean, other, other than Watson, same thing applies to him as we talked about with Lamar. I'm still in on, I saw if there's a dip by it, right? Well, it, it's weird. Cause you see a lot of people do startups and it just seems like it's, it's the norm that you see Watson even go behind like Kyler Murray still, you know? And I'm like, eh, like that, that's easy for me. Watson over Kyler Murray by, I mean, it's not even a debate Watson over Dak. Now that he has Brian Schottenheimer, you know, that's not even mm. a debate. So I think those two, it's like by, by default, Watson is QB nine, but it really just comes down to are are you going to judge him going forward off of the six games last year? And this is another team that didn't make a lot of changes to their offensive staff. So like that's not encouraging, but at the same time, if I can get my hands on Watson, he could easily be QB five next year. You know, he could be literally in the burrow Herbert Lawrence range and you're going, Oh, okay. Yeah. He just bounced back after three years off. And I wouldn't be shocked. That's not happening with Dak Prescott, not happening with Kyler Murray. That's not happening next year. So still buying Watson where I can. That's fair. Sidlo, you on the same team there with uh, buying Watson? I saw you shaking your head. That's the exact argument I was going to make with the exact quarterback comparisons. And Two Scott's think alike. I like it. Everything. Well, okay. That was easy then. Uh, I'll, I'll go into my buy, which I don't. And I just, I'll mention this since we're talking about it. I don't like Deshaun Watson as a player. You know, I like him, I guess, enough. But even then, he was a little rusty. He didn't really wow me. I don't want him on my team. I don't want to have to cheer for him. I don't want to have to think about him. So I'm one of those people that's fine to not add him. I'm not saying you have to drop him. I'm saying I personally don't like him on my team because of the ickiness around him. There are some other players I have the same feeling about. Um, But I also think that that team sort of hamstrung themselves with that contract. Uh, and I think, too, with it being a fully guaranteed contract, that team could be in 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 dire straits for a little while here. And I think that it could be tricky to see how they play this out. This year, I think, is going to be a big decision year for them <clears throat> and for Watson. I mean, if Watson, like you said, Scott, if Watson's a top five QB for fantasy, he's dominating the league. They're probably going 10 and seven and making the playoffs. You know, I think if that team does well, then all that all that off the field stuff doesn't matter as much to Browns fans. The contract doesn't matter as much if they're winning. Right. It's only when you're not winning that all that stuff really comes back into play, as we saw this year with the suspension and all this. The further we get away from that, the less it matters in a sense or the less it you know comes up and all that. But I mean, again, every single game the Browns play, the announcers bring it up every single time. It's always on the minds of fans. I know it's always on the mind of fantasy players. I totally get it if you don't want them on your team. I'm not saying that that's a reason to buy them. 
it's definitely not a reason to sell him either. You know, if you if you have him now, you have already had your chance. You know, you've already had that window pass and you have him on your team. It makes him a hold for me it, just because if you're if he's on your team, you've already made that decision. You're not changing your mind now. No information has come out that I'm aware of that is you know going to move the needle one way or the other. Um, but that being said, I think if if I'm going to buy anyone on this offense, it's going to be Amari Cooper, right? Same kind of logic you're talking about. I, Amari Cooper is relatively cheap in Dynasty right now, right? He's wide receiver 28. Uh, he is uh, going to be 29 during this season. I mean, that's not young, but he's still experienced. He's getting the ball. And if I'm going to look at this team and say, hey, I think they're going to play well, but I don't want Deshaun Watson, then I'll take Amari, John, Amari Cooper, right? Like, it's kind of my way to say, hey, this offense is going to do well. I don't like the icky with that guy. So give me this guy that doesn't have the icky and I'm still happy. That's kind of where my brain goes on this. And again, I'm not here to, to say that you have to do anything. I don't give a crap. You play it how you want to play it. Um, and I know there are a lot of people, of course, Sidlow and, and yourself, even Scott, you know, portfolio players that have you have every player. Right. It's, it's impossible for you to not have players. And I'm not even saying you shouldn't have them. It's literally just make make the game fun for you. And for me, he doesn't make it fun. So I don't have it. But that also means there are other players on this team that are interesting. Donovan Peoples-Jones, for instance. I mean, is uh, Sidlow, maybe I'll go to you next on this one. Is there anyone else on this team that you feel like could be, you know, in for a good year that you can get on the cheap? Yeah, I mean, I like I like DPJ. Um, it's definitely not David Bell. So No, no, I don't um, think it's David Bell. <laughs> I just, somebody offered me Mike Kosicki for David Bell straight up the other day, and I... I think I cracked my screen accepting that one. So it's pretty, pretty thrilled about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, Harrison Bryant's like one of those guys I've always kind of liked because like in Joku, you know, I don't know what he, he's not even like in the top 40, by the way. Yeah, Joku's on, a tricky on tight ends. One. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can, he might even be on waivers in some leagues. Like he's a guy. Uh, he's just, tight in 12 and ADP. So I kind of doubt so. that, but yeah. No, Harrison Bryant. Oh, there's somebody in Joku. My bad. Sorry. No, 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 no. Harrison Bryant. So he, yeah, Bryant, he's a yeah. guy that I'll just throw on the end of my rosters, um, you know, and, and pick up because, again, like we've seen flashes out of Njoku, Um, And, you know, he had a decent year last year, but he's just one of those guys that he's either hurt or he's something, whatever. And you can keep talking about this potential and they paid him all this money. Like, cool, I that's fine. But he hasn't really done it. So right. um, Bryant is like, not as athletic, but he's just like one of those like maybe Schultz type guys, right? That's just kind of mm. sneaky that he can with a good quarterback and not a lot of other um, elite options. Like he could he could have a decent year, um, and he's free, so it doesn't cost you anything. If 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 he doesn't work out, just cut him, you know, pick him up later, or cut him for a running back and any RB on a fifty three later on, you know. So that's a good point. Well, and again, at this time of year too, those are great things to do to your team. Make sure you have all of your roster spots utilized. I cannot tell you how many teams I'm seeing in leagues now after the rollover on MFL, especially where they're we still missing enough, five all the time. Right. See, all exactly. Time. Missing five, 10 players. Like go pick up somebody on your roster. Like Jesus, you're just losing out there. Um, also, there's a lot of, a lot of leagues I know that, that expand the rosters prior to rookie drafts. You know, the rollover happens. They give you five extra roster spots for your taxi players and all this. Like don't, don't sleep on that, you know, put someone in that spot. And Harrison Bryant's a prime case for that. Um, utilize every tool that you're given. I mean, just having an open roster spot is just literally giving money to the league. Like, just here you go. I'm, I don't need this. You do take it, put someone in there and, and see what happens. So yeah, I like that logic. Uh, and I guess I'll pivot there to you then, Scott. Is there anyone on this team that is a, is a sell, I guess, anyone that you're kind of had enough of and willing to get out of right now? 
I'll keep this short. Uh, it's David Bell. Uh, he's mm. dog shit. So you'd basically <laughs> just sell him for whatever you can. I'm not kidding. I mean, I went out yeah. and did uh, a study on receivers and used like five different efficiency metrics. And no joke, of the 91 receivers that played at least 400 snaps, David Bell was 90th out of 91. He was literally last in four of the five categories. So he played a lot. He played a lot. Yeah, he was. And that's why I you might see me on Twitter say David Bell was literally the worst receiver in the league, because the, yeah. if you cut it off on guys that didn't play as much as him, at least they didn't play as much as him. Right. They have an excuse. Talk, yeah. talk about playing a lot and uh, never getting the ball like ever. Yeah. So it. He's just, he's just bad. I mean, he's worse uh, than Jalen Tolbert, who at least the Cowboys didn't put out there. Right. But, I mean, that's I the level that he's at. He's a roster clogger. David like, Bell in college. Send yeah, him for, if you can get a third, you're stealing from people because you're getting a, a re-roll on probably a really good running back class. But I would take two-fourths. I, I would take something where I just don't have to have him and I get some sort of liquidity. <laughs> Well, that's why Gasecki is just a smash. I, I love that. That's it exactly. Yeah. yeah and I think so is a proven, like actually decent player. Yeah. You just he need doesn't him have to a go team, somewhere. but he does, it's still better. Right. Yeah. I'd no, rather I have Gasecki yeah. on his couch than Bell on the Browns. You know what I mean? Like, I would bad. trade David Bell for Jerome Ford. There you go. Because Jerome yeah. Ford is a running back and he's yep. alive. That's, that's really it. At least well, I, if I ever have one opportunity to start him throughout his entire life, that's better than what David Bell's given so, yeah, no, and you're exactly back. right. Running backs get a much better chance, and Bell has shown what he is, and Ford hasn't. So there's always that chance that Ford balls out some game and becomes, you know, worth something. Uh, I think it's interesting just looking at ADP again at, at DLF ADP from January. David Bell is wide receiver 75. Um, Michael Thomas is wide receiver 76. So I would rather have Michael Thomas than David Bell. That says everything you need to know because Michael Thomas is like kryptonite for Dynasty right now. Like you can't get anything for him. I wouldn't even trade you. My, if I had Michael Thomas, I would not accept David Bell in a trade. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like that's how bad David Bell is. I'm with you 100. And I love, I love DLF, but just how they come up with their ADP just shows you there was somebody in a mock draft that decided. I, I probably, and and I'll, I'll bet that somebody took David Bell at like wide receiver 50, and everyone well, else was like they took him at you know way below that, but something had to pull him up. I mean, it just that doesn't oh, well. make sense. I have it here because I've got it up. He is 195 overall, and his four mock drafts, he was 191, 184, 200, 203. So it's all right in that range, right? Okay. But the funniest thing is the highest one of his was 184, right, which is 10 spots ahead of where he is, almost a full round of his ADP, right? Ironically, that same draft had Michael Thomas at his highest of the four at 188, and his others for Michael Thomas were 223, 239, oh, 166. I missed that, but still it. That is a much bigger variance for Michael Thomas, right? Like Michael Thomas had this huge window, like you're talking about. Bell's is pretty tight where no one wants him. Some people still want Michael Thomas, and I'm one of those people. I would rather have Michael Thomas. But I think what that says to me is that almost everyone is just at that stage, just clicking buttons, right? And that's what ADP is. It's just a guess, especially yes. in January. These are not live drafts, it's a mock draft. I participate, I help out. I love DLF. It's better than nothing, it's a data point. Like I said, at the start of all of this, it is by no means a Bible or any sort of truth. It's just more like that's an interesting data point that Bell is going ahead of players. I would easily take Michael Carter is behind him in ADP. I would uh, gladly take Michael Carter. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, that's just nuts to me. I'll just make this point, And this is something that's becoming very powerful in the dynasty space. We don't leave, We don't give enough credence to the just flat out 
bias that people have towards player names. Yes. If you could just, if I could just click on a rookie this year and you can give me like picture Madden, Madden comes out with a brand new game and every player has like a popularity score. It's, it's either one to 99, right? David Bell had like a 90. That's literally the only thing keeping him. I've heard of him. Yeah, I'll take him. In an ADP. And that, that's the power of having a strong prospect profile that people knew for years before you came into the NFL if it was a player that nobody knew that had David Bell's rookie year, he'd be absolutely dust. Yeah. But people know David Bell. So it it's it's there's a bunch of excuses as to why he could still be a good player. And you know what? Watch so we'll look back on this podcast next say. year and go, David <laughs> Bell smashed him. We should have been buying him. Well, even if he finishes like wide receiver 40, that'd be smashing his ADP, right? Like he doesn't need to do much at this point. Just like the guy with the stick, just do something, man. Like, so I, I'm with you. I think David Bell is, is one of those names that people just recognize. Oh, I had him. I remember him before. Like, I'll take that guy. Cause at that stage too, I mean, even if you're going on MFL and you're sorting by ADP, like you're like, I don't know that. I mean, you're, at the, you're what at the 200th pick or so. You're deep into that draft. And I know when I'm in those, I'm just like, just give me somebody and move on. Like, I want to get back to my day. You know what I mean? Like, let's just keep it going. So, again, I, I feel like the, the later rounds don't have as much value in terms of ADP. But it is still interesting that there are four drafts that all had them right around the same time. So, just putting it out there. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Sidlo, on the Browns? Or we covered pretty much everything you want to cover here? Uh, I, I would just make one point that, I mean, you call me Captain Obvious. I'm not saying like Nick Chubb is kind of a guy that I was looking to maybe buy on contenders where deeper rosters start at least two running backs. But if you look at the, like the top 40 running backs in ADP, it's like Derrick Henry, uh, Aaron Jones, and like um, that's pretty much it. I think uh, Jarek McKinnon, that's it, that are older than him. Um, mm. and then we have this whole crop of, of running backs coming in from this class. So there's just going to be, it's even more reason to maybe move Chubb before he kind of, he, he's, he's already there in, in most people's minds. But if there is any chance left that you can get a uh, decent value on him, I would definitely consider moving him because what would you take for Chubb? Happens, yeah. Like what you would know. you take in a trade? What would you be looking for? If you had Chubb on a roster and wanted out, what would you be looking for? So yeah, probably probably a first, probably any first in this class would do it. So yeah. late, even Scott, a late first would work for me. Honestly, Scott, you on that same page? That sounded about right. Are you looking for more or less? Uh, I mean, I I agree. With that's probably what you're getting if you're just saying I'm just going to trade him away because I want to liquidate. Probably more for me. It's more of a roster construction thing. You know, if he's if I have two or three guys in that same tier, I'm okay. Just just sheerly. I mean, and Scott knows this playing in a lot of leagues. Like there are some teams where you go, man. I don't like having four of my best seven players be running backs over 26. I, I'm just going to take a first. I'll sell whatever one you're willing to give me the first four. And that's the portfolio. You can just say, I don't really care. Chubb, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, what, whatever. I need one of them gone. Yep. Someone offer me a first. And if you're that, you know, if you're that broad, you'll get the deal done. So yeah, I agree with them, but I'd be a little more calculated on what team am I trading them away. But that's it. No, that's a fair point. And I, I was going to say, like, I would even be willing to accept two seconds, right? Like, take a 23-second and 24-second if you're rebuilding and you're not contending. Like, if, if you're not in the in the position to win this year, I don't really want Chubb or really any running back on my roster, which we've talked about this at nauseum. If you're not if you're not in a, let's say, top four in the league, don't have any running backs. What are you doing? Like, get rid of them for something. Go get pivot to a different position that's more, st- more stable. It's not going to fall off a cliff quite as hard. 
I mean, if you can do some sort of package where you do like a, you know, two running backs for a, a, a wide receiver two or something, I'm fine with that. Right. Um, those are the kind of moves that I tend to look for if I'm not contending at all. And I'm looking at my rosters in some leagues still, and I'm just like, Nope, I don't have a chance here. So let's pivot off a running back. And my, there's one league, I think my best and really only running back is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's perfect for a team like that. Put a risky running back on my team because if he blows up, I'm trading him away too, but at least I'm getting value out of it, right? Uh, Chubb to me though, again, RB12 in ADP right now. There's a lot of people out there that look at their rosters and go, man, I don't have a solid RB1 right now. You don't need one, dude. It's February. What are you doing? Like, don't, don't worry about that. So catch those people, right? Look at the people that are making, you know, waiver claims in February and are trying to, to make moves. But then like you look at their roster and you know, they don't have a solid running back one. Maybe they'll overpay me for Chubb. Right. And you can maybe get more than a first, maybe you get a mid first from him or you get like a 24 first in the 202 or something like that. Like, I'd be happy as hell with something like that. So do what you can. I think you're on the right side there. said so Chubb was actually what I wanted to talk about. So I'm glad you brought that up, because I think there's a lot of people out there that are I don't want to say fading him, but just he's not stellar. Right. He's just not somebody that is dominating and he's getting older. And all of that at this point in the year is sell running backs even more. Uh, it's just kind of the way to put it. So. I guess with that, we'll wrap up the AFC North. Is there anything else just to make sure anything else you guys don't have, haven't covered or didn't get to bring up regarding the AFC North this year? No, I think the, the, the Ravens are the linchpin for free agency. I think they are the, one of the few teams where whatever they do is going to have a ripple effect across, you know, a dozen teams. So that, yeah, that's just, a, that's a real interesting team to look at. Yeah. Going to be interesting for sure. All right. So let's get into our favorite segment of the night and our final segment of the show the find me a trade segment and hang on. I'm going to play it. I'm going to figure out how to do this again. Hang on. Hang on. I got it. Our favorite one. Find me a trade. Find me a trade. Find- Perfect. I think it played. We're good. Uh, yes. Our one and only Brian Hard drop. Find me a trade. Here we go. So this is submitted by listener Tommy B uh, at FF Tommy B. It is an MFL league that you guys might have heard of. It's a trade addicts league. It is trade addicts six. Uh, this is the league, if I'm not mistaken, that J Mike had all of the picks. Am I right? Like, wasn't this the one where he had like the whole first round a year or two ago? And that team yeah, is just dominant. Is like, oh my goodness. So it is a 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium with four points for passing touchdown and a 1.75 reception for tight end 10. It's one of those. I love t- trade addicts leagues for this. It's quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, five flex and a super flex. So roster construction is pretty much up to you. Gives you a lot of flexibility. 32 roster spots, 10 IR, and 4 taxi. Um, do you want to read Tom's thoughts while I bring up his roster, Scott, or Mr. Sidlow? Would that be okay yep. with you? Yep. What up, Tommy B? All right, here's what he says. Uh, I took over an orphan. Um, I think this was I think this was fairly recently. Yeah, um, yeah. And before the rollover, but this year. Like, like very recently, right? Yep. Immediately bought a third quarterback and tight end upgrade. Um, the league is very top heavy, as we mentioned. Like J Mike's team is pretty stacked. There's a couple other really, really solid teams, uh, really strong teams, I should say. Um, so I want to elevate above the mediocre teams and be more competitive, even if it wouldn't look good in a more balanced league. Hoping to build a running back heavy squad of scrubs, waiver fodder as the starting lineups allow for flexibility and roster construction, like Andrew said. Eventually, we'll drop last few roster clogger wide receivers and backfill more uh, running backs, which is uh, the preferred way to go there. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, his question is How do I leverage the 103 with this construction in mind? I'm thinking wait for rookies to run in their spandex, then try to get uh, ARSB type 
you know, like an underappreciated high target guy, uh, trade down a few spots being at the one Oh three, utilize that quarterback, uh, potential to just move back, pick up more pieces, add the receiver. Right. Um, the other option explores Pitts Andrews move, um, or pursuing Njoku to get the Watson and Joku stack again, that 1.75 premium is pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then he'll, you know, he'll roll with the top quarterbacks and then keep the wide receiver threshold down and uh strong tight ends and then just a ton of running backs. So I think roster construction wise, you know, definitely we're on the right track there. Well, so I'll, I'll pivot into the, the team. And I think when I was, uh, when obviously we knew Scott, you were going to be coming on. I'm like, I want to find a team that's stacked at running back. Cause I think this is kind of how you want to build your teams from what I understand. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it a little bit further with your, you know, threshold receivers, like we mentioned earlier, but uh, he did also mention when I was talking to him, Tommy said, uh, tell Scott, I admire his out of the box thinking, but he's still got too many wide receivers in his ideal build. So this guy might even be further than you on the running backs all over the place scale. I just thought it'd be funny to bring that up. But here's his team for those listening at home. He's got Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Tyler Huntley, Kellen Mond, John Wolford. So some backups, but three solid starters. I don't hate those three quarterbacks in a, in a super flex league. Running back, I don't, I mean, I guess Jamal Williams is your best running back here, which is just kind of odd. I mean, Amir Abdullah, Salvin Ahmed, Gary Brightwell, Daryl Henderson, Tony Jones, Sony Michelle, Kanana Wangwu. Jared Patterson, Craig Reynolds, Benny Snell, like we talked about. Uh, he's got Rico Dowdle, Marlon Mack, Ty Montgomery, uh, Tyson Williams, like a ton of running backs, ton of running backs. And not a single one of them is really in the top 30, which is interesting, outside of maybe Jamal. Receiver, real shallow room. He's got Tyler Lockett, Jawan Jennings, Khalif Raymond, and that is it. Literally, just three receivers. And then tight end filled with tight ends again. Here we've got uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, Evan Ingram, Taysom Hill, Bryson Hopkins, Foster Moreau, Josh Oliver, Logan Thomas, CJ Uzama. Uh, he does have Jamison Crowder, again, aging, and Jalen Guyton. Uh, at Taxi, he doesn't have anybody of a flash. He's got Jalen Warren and James Mitchell. So, again, it's a team that I would say is a prime team to kind of tear down and rebuild. There aren't a whole lot of valuable, like, top-tier assets here. But uh, I want to kick it to you first here, Scott. Is this the kind of team you tend to see a lot or have a lot in your portfolio? Or where would you go first, maybe? That's a better way to put it. So what would you do next? Yeah, I mean, not to this extreme, but it also is a, <laughs> it, it is a start one running back league. So it mm -hmm. does change the number of receivers that you quote unquote have to have versus probably yeah. what you want to have. Uh, I think he's building the right way. I actually like the direction that he's going. I, I didn't. Well, he just took it. this team over too. So he's exactly. not like he's built exactly. this for a year. He literally just walked into this. So that's yeah. kind of why I thought, what would be your first move kind of thing? My first move would be I would cut Kellen Mond, John Walford, Amir Abdullah, Gary Brightwell, Tony Jones, Sony Michelle, Kine Nwangwu, Jarrett Patterson, Benny Snell, Travion Williams, Tyson Williams, Khalif Raymond, uh, Ty Montgomery, Jay Jamison Crowder, Jalen Guyton, and that's it. I'd cut all those guys right away. Don't even want them. They're all cloggers. But keep working the waiver wire because I actually think quite simple i think he just needs to basically pivot his assets i'm not actually trading a quarterback right now no reason i have the market completely dominated i have three of the top 10 quarterbacks i'm not doing that move right now my my other move besides fixing the roster and getting rid of the cloggers is uh, make one trade and i would move the 103 for uh to john hogue who apparently i know he likes quarterbacks but his quarterbacks are shitty in this league so maybe he'll bite on that 103 uh, yeah. but can, I, can I get his 24 first? I was looking at keep trade cut. They have John Hope's team as the ninth or best, 10th best team. 
and I get his 24 first and Deontay Johnson for the 103. If so, 103 for Deontay and the 24 first. I, I like that first because I'm betting that that's a bottom six pick next year, and I've added a receiver. That's it. And I've just added another player. And then I can look at, okay, where can I split another asset and another asset and another asset? I mean, with his three quarterbacks and the tight ends that he has, I, he's got a shot to even contend this year. I was just going to say that. Like, this is one of those teams that you look just at on paper and you're like, this is ugly as I'll get out. But because of the roster starting requirements and because of the stud quarterbacks you've got, I mean, this, I'm not saying you don't have to make a trade. It's trade addict. You're going to make trades. You just got in this league. You're probably like, let's go make some moves. I mean, again, there, there are some, there are some bad teams that I've had and, and we're running back as my weakest position. And I don't even, I mean, you could argue running back is weaker than, than receiver because he's got Tyler Lockett and he's got enough tight ends to fill a lot of those flexes too. I mean, like he doesn't really need to have a lot of solid players there. And I think in this, in this league, it's like, it's brutal, but, in this kind of format, you you got to stand out, and you're not going to stand out in the top three unless you make some crazy moves or hit on some crazy luck. So I don't mind that logic at all. Sidlo, you got anything you want to add to, to the things Scott said there before you get into your trade? Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, and I didn't look at Hoag's roster that deeply, but that that makes perfect sense when you break it down that way. Um, and roster build this way in a TA league definitely <clears throat> it definitely works. So. Um, I, I think I complete, I mean, I generally subscribe to the Scott Connor philosophy of, I you know, know yeah. I listen to his roster breakdowns and his series and all that stuff. And that's what I try to do as well. So, you know, he's the master and I'm, I'm still learning, but essentially this is, this is a great example of, of one of the ways to get there. So Tommy B even taking it to the extreme. I like it very much. And what was your trade then? If you want to pivot into that. So. Here, here's what I'm going to use as a lesson for Tommy B is I look at this and I look at the draft and I go, well, first of all, I know all these guys and I know what they're likely to do. And yeah. that's the first mistake, right? Because <laughs> that that's probably not what's going to happen, especially it's only February 23rd. So to think that I know any of that. Um, so Tommy, don't make the same mistake. But what what I initially thought was, you know, I don't know who who that is with the 101 based on their team name, but you know, let's just assume that it's B. John or even a quarterback. That's fine. We know Hogue's going to take a quarterback, and then that leaves you at the 103. But then you have Outhouse at the 104, who maybe needs a quarterback, maybe doesn't. I guess it depends on his opinion of his roster. I mean, I could I could say mine, but it doesn't really matter because. He's not going to trade based on what I think. But then the problem is J Mike's championship emporium has 105, 106, 107, and 108. Right. Right. So if you want to try to do a trade back, that that team doesn't need a quarterback. I'm not saying that they wouldn't maybe package two of those to move up. Like if you, you know, and I'm just going specifically off what what you said, Tommy, and what I do with the 103. Um, and I do like the idea of trading back and getting two. So instead of, you know, how Scott's doing it with getting the 24 first and a receiver, I was thinking more along the lines of how can I get, you know, a, a two picks in this draft or a later pick. Um, so ultimately what I came up with was, and I don't think this quite works because I, I picked it, it, it turned out being Rocky's team and I didn't realize that until after. And obviously knowing Rocky, I know that he probably wouldn't do it. So then I figured, let me swap out a piece. But here's what I initially came up with. Trade Dak in the 103 because Dak is the quarterback I like least out of your three. 
Um, so Dak in the 103, two Rocky for Tua, Waddle, and the 110. So you're bringing in that stack. Even though I don't necessarily like Tua or like the risk with Tua, he's your third guy. So I feel like you can take the risk there. Um, this is one of those times where you have two other great quarterbacks. So if you take the risk, you take the risk. Plus you're getting Waddle. And then he's going to do it because he's, he gets two quarterbacks, being Dak and whoever he takes at the 103. And then you still get the 110 to add another piece. So a little more convoluted way of getting there. Um, ultimately, I think he would do this trade if it was Watson. I don't think he would do it for Dak. So that that might not ultimately work out. But probably if you wanted to trade one of your quarterbacks, you would have to tear down. And I would say Dak is the guy that you want to move there. Um but ultimately, I, I think Scott's right is that you don't have to. You can you can sit on those three quarterbacks and, and kind of look for other ways to to maneuver. Yeah, and and just for the the sake of transparency, I'm 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 going out a little bit on a limb here, and I I think that these trades that were made, there were two trades at the end of 2022, and I think this is what he was talking about. He he sent Brees Hall for Deshaun Watson straight out. I don't mind that trade. I don't mind that trade. Like to get Deshaun Watson like that in a, in a one for one, you don't have to send a quarterback. Now you're QB heavy, right? So that was what he was talking about with that trade. The other one was he sent Kadarius Tony and Daniel Bellinger for Dallas Goddard. That's a steal for Goddard oh, in I my like book. That. Tony and like Bellinger that. for Goddard. Love it. Yeah. So I think both of those trades taking over a team, making some initial moves, you obviously you empty out Brees Hall, which, you know, obviously that hurts. You don't have a running back anymore, right? You got Deshaun Watson, though. Like, as much as I say I don't like Deshaun Watson, I think that's a terrific trade for value, right? Like, that's tremendous. And then, of course, getting Goddard from Tony and Bellinger any day of the week, anybody would take that. But what I also wanted to pivot to here was there was a – you mentioned it with J. Mike's Championship Emporium. His team is stacked, right? That team has so many players. I am – if I'm J. Mike, I'm trying to consolidate. And if I'm this team, if I'm Tommy, I'm trying to break up. And that's kind of what Scott said, too. Like, I'm trying to get a couple different assets. Let's move down. Let's move back. Let's not try to get too crazy here. So the first trade that I came up with in my head was see if you can send the 103 to J. Mike for 108 and 112. Kind of like what you were talking about. And I was like, man, I, I, I would probably do that if I was J. Mike because there is a pretty big tier break. You're already going to get the five and the six because you've got those other picks, too consolidating up makes sense. Breaking up for a steal of show here makes sense. Moving back for Tommy. Ultimately, I was like, that feels too easy. And I was like, one of you guys is probably going to mention that. And it's kind of what you mentioned there. Uh, and I'll just pivot into my trade. And we can kind of talk about all of it because mine involved Dak as well. And my thinking was the same as yours. Dak is the quarterback I want the least. Uh, I think I can still get something for him. I think that there are still some people out there that might be willing to, to take him on. So mine was Dak Prescott and just Jamal Williams or any other running back. To J. Mike, who I, his quarterbacks aren't stellar in my book. That was the one position I think that J. Mike could use the help with, which is, again, why 103 might make sense for him. But trade Dak and J., uh, Jamal Williams to J. Mike for Diggs and Mixon. Now, obviously, you're, you're sending a quarterback and not getting one back. So you would then use your 103 on a quarterback there, right? The idea here is you still want to have three solid quarterbacks. I think if you take a quarterback with the 103, you're okay to wait a year and kind of see how it goes. Uh, you give yourself a solid stud in Diggs who can fill your lineup every week, which helps. Mixon, again, buying kind of the dip in a sense on him. I think there's some risk there. And I just wanted to make sure we used at least one AFC North player in the trade because <laughs> it kind of made sense. But, I mean, Scott, I'll kick it to you next. I mean, after these two sort of DAC trades and the 103, I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on where these are. I know you mentioned not trading a quarterback, but does this make sense in a way? Yeah, it does. I just think the – 
the way to build this team, he's already got a decent structure. I just think the next couple moves he makes have to focus on getting those leverage pieces back. You got to get a two for one. You got to split assets at the right time and pick up two assets for one that, not that you're not trading away a good asset, but you're betting that the two that you get have a range of outcomes to kind of get close to the one that you're trading away. And you can just do that now because we're talking about February and we're six months plus away from the start of any games. So I think it's just looking strategically, what's the market say? Who's going to panic based on what their needs are now versus what their roster construction is? Uh, but I think all of our deals kind of did the same thing. We know he needs more usable players, but we also want to maintain the same type of construction that he has. So how do yep. you do that? You don't even have to necessarily trade away or trade for the guys we suggested. It's more of, and I think he probably knows this. I know Tommy yeah. from interacting with him on Twitter. Like he probably knows, Hey, I can't really, I'm not in a position with this team where I can start adding to pieces and trying to upgrade. Like I, like your trade, Andrew, I'm almost going, I would send that without Jamal Williams. Cause I want Jamal well, Williams, you know, like right. that, that's a piece that might make me say, okay, can I get Mixon and Diggs? If I can get the two for one, I'll do it. Cause I might need to flex Jamal Williams. And yep. the biggest thing I want to, just urge people with this type of build is when you build this way, a lot of times why it feels like you can't win this way is because if you're not fully there from a roster construction perspective, you end up missing out on a lot of the running back spot starts that are buried on your bench because you're holding a couple guys that I quote unquote trust ahead of them, right? Like look, look last year, if you were holding the David Montgomery type and just starting him every week. Scott Sidlow, if you have David Montgomery, you're starting him every week, right? Cause he's going to get right. 18 to 20 touches. Yet you look at his fantasy results and you go, damn, man, I started him over Samaje Pirine and Jamal Williams. Every Isaiah week. Pacheco, right? Like some of those and, guys. Yeah. And those guys were just better than David Montgomery. Exactly. So, but I missed out because clearly I'm going to start the bell cow over the, the backup yet. Right. What you should have done is get rid of the bell cow because he's a quote unquote bell cow and just start the backups. Start, start a Jamal Williams every week. Cause a lot of people last year, they didn't start Jamal Williams every week. No, but if you, I know put I yourself, if you put yourself in a position where you go, that eh, fuck it, he's my best running back. Okay. You <laughs> have to start him every week. Yep. I mean, for real, that's the biggest thing that you find yourself going well, that can't work because I have way too many running backs and I don't know when to play them. We'll get rid of the ones that other people value because they think they know when to play them. But he knows that. I think he's on the right yeah. track. I'm kind of excited to see what he does with the team. I was thinking the same thing. I think, Tommy, this is a prime case of jumping into a league, making some moves. And again, this roster, if you think about it too, this roster had Brees Hall on it before. So this person was the 101 last year, most likely, right? And they probably earned the 101. Again, we don't know. Trade Addicts Leagues are always wonky. You ever really know. But my guess is, given the construction, he probably earned the 101 and got Brees Hall and didn't win with it, right? Because his team needs more than that. And I think, Tommy, you're taking it over at the right spot. You're making some smart moves already. I think we've given you some good bones to build out another one or two even here. Um, I do think, too, that there might be some value in waiting until your 103 is on the clock, right? And just you don't have to trade right now. I know trade X leagues, I find myself sending a ton of extra offers in there because everybody's so active. But you don't have to move the 103. I think that's the other piece I wanted to mention here. I think we're all saying you can. I don't think there's a negative to it. But don't feel like you're forced or that you have to break it up. You can wait till it's on the clock. Um, I've seen that happen in some leagues where I get an offer for the 104 or whatever it was in the league last year. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to hold and see how the draft goes. 
and something crazy happened and a player went ahead of it and the 104 was worth way more. You know what I mean? Like you never know. Um, also, we don't even know where the players are right now. There are going to be some players like CEH that get drafted and their value goes way up. And that tier of six becomes a tier of eight or the tier of three becomes a tier of one because the other two quarterbacks didn't go into the third round like last year. Right. Like we see it every year. Wonky stuff happens. So my trade was more of like holding the 103 for now, seeing what I can get for other assets. But that's why I also wanted to mention that trade back, because I think, you know, we're all on the same page. You need more assets. And I think having more picks gives you more flexibility. And I don't know if we've covered this specifically on this podcast, or I know you've talked about it before too, Scott, but having those, those picks help you move in for a title during the season. If you go six and zero, and you've got a 24 first from a trade, you can now send that 24 first for an asset that helps you right now and go win that title, right? You don't need to put all of your investments in players. You can put investments in future picks and then trade those chips out for players. If your team is dominating out of nowhere. Right. Or if Jamal Williams becomes the starter because Swift goes down with an injury. Right. If your team takes it off and goes crazy. Now you've got these extra pieces to make those moves to push you over that edge to become a contender. So that's the other thing is that as bad as this team looks. And I'll be honest, it does look bad. This team could contend this year. And that's what I love about this kind of build is that it it is literally it's very fragile. And I don't know if I've, I've put it that way before, but this kind of build, you have to be on your game. You have to be focusing. You have to be spending the time on the waivers. You have to be picking the right guys. And I hadn't thought of it that way either, Scott, but getting rid of those top guys helps you a running back because now you're not making decisions. You're just saying like, it's got to be this guy and we move on. It just, it simplifies your Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, all right, it's, it's this guy because it's all I got. And then you're just throwing everyone else in that's got the best picks. And again, this team could go a whole bunch of directions, but I'm excited too. I want to hear how it goes, Tommy. So definitely keep us posted. Um, anything else you want to say, Sidlo, before we move on tonight? No, I think that pretty well covers it. I mean, Tommy knows what's up. He's been a longtime listener on TA and and uh, to all of us, really. So we appreciate yep. you and uh, great submission, man. This is uh, this is good stuff. This is definitely the perfect one for for Scott Connor tonight. I know. As soon as I clicked, I was like, oh, crap, it's TA6 or either of you guys in TA6. Because I'm like, that's the only thing I had. Like, this is the best possible team to talk about because it is exactly what I think we we talk about it a lot. And I know if you're listening still at this long and this, you know, this time of year and everything, you're a junkie. You're here. You're an addict. You're a trade addict and all that. This is the prime case of, of not you, there's no one way to win a league. There's no one way to build a roster. You can do creative things and zig and zag. This league is most likely going to be J Mike's league for the next three years, right? Just looking at the rosters. He's got a dominant roster with a ton of picks still coming. The only way to beat him is to zig the entirely different direction. And I think that's what this team is going to do, Tommy. So I would love to hear that you dominate in your first year on the orphan team. Uh, winning with players like Tyler Lockett, Jamal Williams, and David Njoku. You know what I mean? Like, just go out there and make some fun with it. And I'm, I'm glad you're in the TA family. If you weren't before, welcome. And uh, it's a good time. So with that, I guess we'll kick it to you, Scott, for one final send-off. Where can people find you again? What podcasts are you got coming up? Or what work do you have this year that, that people can help you out and get your name out there even further? Well, thank you both for having me on. Always a blast. Oh, our pleasure. <laughs> you guys know what's up. It's uh, it's good to literally be able to chop it up with other junkies that understand the lingo when we're talking roster construction and, and can go a little bit deeper in terms of strategy. It's not just this player, that player, this trade, that trade. So no offense to those shows, but they become very saturated. So it's always nice to, to be able to get on here and go like, all right, we're going to have like a real dynasty discussion. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Charles Chill FFB. Everything I do currently is either on Trades in 5, which is on YouTube, 
I'll check it out every Tuesday night, 8.30 Eastern. We do live streams. Uh, it's really, really engaging audience and chat. So if you have trade questions, strategy questions, show up, ask those. Uh, and then all of my free podcast work is on Destination Devi. So two shows over there uh, at Destination Devi. Check out their podcast feed. So that, those are really the the two places where I'm actually doing content weekly uh, and then occasionally on my Patreon and occasionally on DLF. So I appreciate you guys. Awesome. No, I know you've got a, a great mind for this. And again, it was a pleasure losing to you in the Ohio Fantasy League. That was well-deserved in my book. I, you know, taking over an orphan, going worst to first or second, I guess. I was happy as hell just to be in the finals and uh, no one I'd rather lose to. So well-deserved on that one. And uh, looking forward to trying it again this year. Let's see what we can do. But everyone in the chat, thank you for coming out. Obviously, if you're listening this far, you're a junkie. We're glad to have you on. Make sure you follow us at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, also follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network on Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube also. And I think, that, I don't know if we're on Twitch, but I'm sure there's something there too. But follow us. You can watch us go live. We had a bunch of people in the comments tonight. Scott, we'll get to that. But follow me at Andrew Hall FF. You can follow Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, Rocky doesn't get his handle mentioned because he's not on the show this week, but he's on everything else. You'll hear him, I'm sure. Uh, definitely give us some more ratings and reviews. Definitely subscribe, like I said, on YouTube. Make sure you give us all those kind of love. Uh, send us more FMATs. We love getting Find Me a Trades from listeners who've been listening for a while or just took over an orphan like Tommy here. Perfect case for a Find Me a Trade. If you don't know what to do or you got some ideas and want more, we're glad to help out. That's my favorite part of this. So with that, I'll kick it over to you, Sidlo, to send us out of here. Thanks again to Scott Connor. Uh, I'm Scott Sidlo for Andrew Hall. Blame Rocky. Junkies out. <laughs>